Today on the Star Parent Podcast, we have Isla Murad sharing her story about what happened in the Lush Soap Store recently when she was asked to leave because she was breastfeeding her son after she had paid for a product. Such a horrible experience, but thankfully she's here to share with us and we can all learn from what she went through and how we can support women who breastfeed their children. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Isla Murad. I'm calling in um, a very special guest, actually. You've kind of made waves in the past few weeks here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, I've, I've two weeks ago, I was in the, in the, in the Fairview, and uh, I was picking up a package. And uh, my son wasn't feeling well. I, had my, I have a son and a daughter. We were in a double stroller, and he was crying, and I offered him some milk and right away the man the manager came up to me and he says you're not allowed doing this here offered offered him breast milk I offered him some breast milk um you know uh and he just right away he he told me I had to leave which was kind of it was extremely insulting but the thing that also was worse is that he was not even uh paying attention to me I had a double stroller with the two kids and I had already paid he was serving other people but the moment I was doing something that bothered him. He came and like right away and asked me to leave the store, which was extremely unprofessional. I I already had paid for my items, so I wasn't there to diddy daddle. I just wanted to be in and out. It was just a really bad customer service experience, but what I was humiliated too because it's lush. So it's like a young person's store and there were teenagers there and we all everyone wears masks but I knew he was like smiling and laughing at me because I was like this is discrimination this was very difficult for me to come here today and bring my two kids and he kept he repeatedly said to me I'm sorry you feel that way I'm sorry you feel that way and we weren't alone it was around 5 30 so it was pretty busy and I mean, I was mad and he said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but there were people. So I was, I was greatly humiliated. The next day he called me and apologized. Um, We had a nice talk, him and I, I explained them breastfeeding as a right. And actually men, because I'm a nurse who works at the CLSC in breastfeeding and the breastfeeding clinic, men or adopted women who adopt can also breastfeed. So it's not necessarily just a woman's issue. Mm-hmm. Men can, in theory, breastfeed. He was like, oh, that was really cool. I wasn't aware of that. I'm like, yeah, I was trying to make it, you know, trying to educate him. But mm-hmm. uh, I had also written to Fairview and I had told them what happened. And they said, we're sorry you feel that way. Here's a $20 gift card. And I got pissed. I got mm-hmm. really, really angry. Um, I actually have a little bit of postpartum depression. So I do speak to a therapist and I told him about it. And mm-hmm. he was like, no, they're trying to buy you out. So I called CTV. Well, I sent a text and right away the girl, she is such a nice reporter. Oh my God. I was so impressed with how she approached me, how professional she was. She right away within the hour, she called me and she's like, okay, in two hours, I'm coming over to your house and we're going to talk about this. She says, I've breastfed. I have two kids. I know exactly what you feel. And um, yeah, it just kind of took off uh, from that. Wow. Um, Okay. So there's a bunch of questions that I have for you. The one thing you had mentioned, you said that there was a bunch of teenagers in the store and you said you felt embarrassed. Can you go a little bit deeper there? Like, what was that shame about? Well, he he, he was sexualizing my body. 
Mm. It had nothing to do with him. You know what I mean? It had nothing to do with him. How how did he sexualize the body? Like, what was it that made you feel that way? He's a, he's a, he was, he was staring at my tits in an inappropriate way. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you felt uncomfortable with him staring at you while you were breastfeeding. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I breastfeed everywhere on the go. Some people don't even notice that I'm breastfeeding, especially now my son is like uh, 10, 11 months. So he's a little, he's bigger now, but you know, and he was like three, four months, like I would just have him on the boob and he would be so small. People wouldn't know I even had a child, let alone mm-hmm. him breastfeeding. I was all, you, you do it while you're standing, you're discreet with it because it's not one else's business. I'm not, but the thing is that, yeah, there are some, uh, I, it's, 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 there are some people who stare and mm-hmm. that's not okay. You know, I mean, it's not okay to sexualize my body, but it's also not, you know, men make, make, men make rules all the time about, you know, when, like, when they go to the bathroom, you don't stare at each other at the urinal. I mean, like, it's like the same, but this mm-hmm. is not the same thing. It, it, you, you don't treat women like, like, like we're, you don't treat women like we're less than you. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, um, I'm not very conservative, obviously, because I'm breastfeeding in public, but I do come from a conservative household. I'm actually Pakistani and I'm Muslim. So I actually do have a very conservative family. Mm-hmm. And this has nothing to do with about exposing my body. This was about me attending to the needs of my, of my son. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like men just, in, or women, everyone, you know, they just want to control the female body, the female image, our appearances. Mm. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with you. It is, and uh, this is something that we need to change. And that's why I really went on the news. And I got approached by a lot of news, Global also, CGAD. A lot of people came and approached me and they wanted to take it further. I only did it with you and CTV because I didn't want to go further than this. Mm, it was getting too much. What is it that you want? What is it that you want to accomplish by sharing your story? Um, so, well, the first thing is that for to create an awareness that breastfeeding is a right, it's not a privilege, and no one can take that away from a woman. Whether we choose to breastfeed or not, it's our choice, our body. Uh, what, and it's we need to... There are so many women who struggle with breastfeeding. As I said, I work, I'm a nurse. I work at the CLSC and they are struggling. And this is one of the barriers towards breastfeeding is that there is a lack of exposure Mm -hmm. and there is like, uh, how do I say this? Um, You know, uh, a a shyness of, of doing this, but this has nothing to do with anyone else. So why are we shy? This has nothing to do with other people. If we want to help other women, help them breastfeed. Yes. You know, if you see another woman breastfeeding, it helps you because it's such a foreign thing for other women to understand. And it's very frustrating. If you don't know how to breastfeed, how do you breastfeed? And actually in like other countries or other, other continents, like in Africa, there's breastfeeding is much easier over there, but it's because it's more community-based. It's definitely um, normalized for sure. It's, it's, it's it, definitely normalized, normalized. And, you know, historically breastfeeding was seen as for low class, you know, low yeah. classes breastfeeded their children. The higher class you were, the more exposed you were to formula or a wet nurse. You know, like my, 
you know, um, people of our, our generation and their parents and grandparents were probably formula fed because of the, the status attached to it. Um, I wanted to ask you with the aftermath of all of this, did you receive more support? I, I'm curious to know about how women treated you and how men treated you. Because with my breastfeeding experience, I find the issue with breastfeeding and normalizing it and making it a, a common thing, it, it's more so with women than men. Well, it, actually, I got a lot of, I, I didn't get, well, yeah, I got a little bit of hate. Um, I actually ended a relationship with someone whom I was seeing. He was very conservative. I'm a single mom now. Okay. Um, it, but but um, he was so unsupportive and very conservative. And he actually felt more empathy for the manager who humiliated me versus myself. And I'm like, well, you clearly aren't, you know, you don't have my best interest because you empathize more with the man who, and you're making him seem like as a victim. And this is a lot, a lot. There are people who feel like uh, threatened by women, you know? And I just realized I'm like, this is a person that, doesn't support me, maybe doesn't support women in general. And, uh, you know, this is not, uh, this is not something that uh, I can be, I can, I can expose myself to, unfortunately, you know, it, it kind of brought out the worst in people. And mm -hmm. it brought out, uh, I did get some support from women. But I, I'm actually my, my, my ex is American. And my I was living in America with my first kid. And I was living in New York, but then we moved to Jersey. And in Jersey, it was also very bad over there, breastfeeding. Mm. People were a lot more, how dare you? Who are like, you? And hey, a lot more what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and, not, and, and it's not even just breastfeeding, you know? It was like anything that they could think about related to my body. You know, after you have a kid, your, your breasts are really big. So, you know, it's just like, you know, people, they, they lack a... You know, a, a, an ability to speak to people with with respect. Like, you know, I guess, uh, I, like it's it's it. The women are harsher than the men, but the men mm -hmm. are also harsh. Like, it, it, it's it's it, breastfeeding is something we should all all understand that it's good. And there's a reason why we have nurses like myself that go to your home and try and help you breastfeed yeah. because it's been proven. <laughs> There is a benefit towards it. Absolutely. However, Have you heard of the Robin Thompson method? Uh, no, I haven't heard about this. That I'm like, I, so I breastfed my first son, who's going to be 31 in November of this year. And I had the help of the staff at the hospital and I just didn't feel well informed at all. So when I had my second son, um, you know, like it was 30 some odd years, 30 years later, um, I decided that I was going to really learn about breastfeeding and I knew I didn't want to do it the way I was taught so I learned this the Robin Thompson method and they really teach you about the instinctual needs of the child like the baby is actually quite capable of finding your breasts finding mm. their way to latch on there's so many things that they can do on their own you're just literally holding them and guiding it and when I felt confident within myself that I could do it like the my birth was easy him breastfeeding was easy okay he's tw almost 21 months now and I'm still breastfeeding because yeah. it's just been so easy and he's it's brought us closer together we we bond so much more he's I find 
he's closer to me emotionally because of this breastfeeding experience. Like I just feel like we're in tuned with each other. And I, I just, I always try to turn people on to the Robin Thompson method because it really helped me. There's so much free material on YouTube. You don't even have to pay for the courses, but I found so much free stuff that really helped me with being a first time breastfeeder, like successful breastfeeder. Um, But I wanted to go move. Sorry. I wanted to, to piggyback on what you said about it being a human right. It's like farting as far as I'm concerned, because I know myself, if I don't release my milk, it's painful. I have to let my milk out. So it's like, if you don't, if you hold into a fart, you could hurt yourself. If you hold in your poop, you could hurt yourself. It's the same thing. It's, it's a human, it's a human, it's a human bodily function. And it's, there's no need to feel shame for it. And I think the more we normalize it with our children, I think having breastfeeding stations in daycares and in schools and just allowing children to see a natural display of human connection will make it less quote unquote sexual for, you know, for adults. When I was in New York, um, there was a company, there was a mom who started her own company. She was like, um, la mama v or whatever they had little um, pods they put it in um, the long island railroad and uh in airports like they have them but i've i've been in that too but it's good but the whole thing is that we need to see it you know they still kind of want to put women that are breastfeeding in an isolated area we give it to them but we don't want to see it and that kind of also irritated me with fairview because now we're in a very isolated area and I'm like, I don't mind doing it because it's still good. Like I want to relax too. It's a nice area, but it's isolated from what I need and what, um, you know, I just feel like they're just trying to like, okay, we accept you, but we don't want to see you. And that's what's yes. kind of really pissing me off about the Fairview Mall is that they're trying to be nice to me by giving me a gift card, but that's not the point of this issue that we're having. It's just that I just happen to be a nurse inside this so I, I i know my rights and yeah. but the thing is that this is a corporation and we have to change our attitudes towards women and to their to, to it's not about how other people feel it's about making the mother feel comfortable because women are so delicate after they give birth everything is we're so sensitive our body is healing everything is so transit like transitory we're going back into our old um, body and everything is changing we need to make it easier for women to breastfeed and trying to control us trying to tell us where we can breastfeed what is appropriate is not acceptable especially not from a teenager who is working part-time at lush to try and make you know like have a fun story to brag about his friends or whatever you know this was an awkward this was a funny thing that happened to me this way you know Mm -hmm. this this week we we need to really give power to women Mm -hmm. the only way we're going to do it is by by talking about it yeah it's true and there's so many different levels that I'm hearing from you because you know, women are just getting into power in the past, you know, 50, 75 years, like women are just up and, up and coming in high power situations. And I think there's some women that are confused about their feminine power, thinking that it needs to resemble the masculine power, and meaning aborting yeah. any type of feminine function, meaning breastfeeding, like, let's just pretend that doesn't exist, because we want to be more like a man and it's not the way to go about things in fact 
I had a really great breastfeeding experience at the Eaton Center here in Montreal downtown where I needed a place to sit down and I couldn't find a space. So I saw a chair in the Bell cell phone store and I literally just walked in, sat down, pulled out my boob and I started feeding my child. There were two men at the cash and they just, they just looked at me and they're like, oh, it's okay. You can, you can feed them. You can feed there. They were totally okay with that. But, um, and I was like, so I was very, very thankful for that, you know, that they would allow me to sit in the store and, and breastfeed. Mind you, I didn't really ask. I just did it. But yeah, then I had another, and then I had another experience with two women in high powered situations, one a lawyer and one a judge and both shaming me for breastfeeding in a public space. And I was like, what is going on? You would think women of power would, or power, we're all of power, but women of higher status, authority, society, authority yeah. that's a good word, would, would promote these, these feminine acts, but instead they were just stopping them. And it just fed my theory of women in authority that are not in tune with their feminine nature you are trying to mask this masculine vibe yeah. that's not going to bring us higher as a collective. So we yeah, have to, yeah. like you said, we do have to tend to our women, especially who have just given birth and are super susceptible emotionally and going through transitions of postpartum. And postpartum actually kicks in after you finish breastfeeding. After your milk supply has decreased, that's when breast, yeah. uh, postpartum actually sets in. So Mm-hmm. Having a society that understands that, you know, we're pushing our, 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 our mothers and parents back to work so quickly after having a child and not really giving us the opportunity to heal and, and to go through all the, the steps and of processing of recovery. So yeah. I just think your story is so profound on so many different levels because it opens up the avenue to talking about what the F are we doing as a society? I, I think we're we're moving in a positive direction because I was fortunate enough to for to communicate with you, communicate with CTV News, communicate with other places because women do have a platform. We do have an ability to use our voice, our power, whatever. We just need not to be afraid, and that's something that comes with um, mm. it comes with experience. Yeah, wisdom. I, I I think you said you have two boys. I have a boy I and do. a girl. I, I am a little bit, I'll be, I am a little bit rougher on my daughter in the sense where I have to teach her to be brave, like scared is okay to be scared, but you also have to be brave. You need to balance it. And there are people who are going to be insecure. It sounds like um, your experience with the women of authority, we're just like, um, how do I say this word sheep or like scared or insecure, just wanted to follow the norm, you know? Uh, keep the status quo of this is how you treat things like rather even if they're in positions that are predominantly men in uh, males professions they're still behaving the way no differently and that does happen a lot and um you know it's uh it's okay it's on them you know it, it won't change the fact that we still have the voice you still have the ability to change because that happened with you however you are able to vocalize that on your podcast you're able to vocalize that with other people and that takes away the power that they had at that specific moment and that's I think people need to remember that we we do have strength we do have it and so some people are going to be jerks and that's okay that doesn't mean that we need to be jerks and we need to make our children feel scared 
of meeting a jerk because we will meet jerks and our kids mm-hmm. will meet jerks, but that's okay. We don't need to be jerks in responsing. Like we don't need to do it with more, with more fear or anger. Um, I moved back from the States to Canada. It was a largely to do with like Trump and all this. I was really scared about having a child in America and I was just feeling really insecure. But I remember like Obama, when I was living in the States, it was Obama. He was like, you can't, he was all about like not being afraid and we have, we can't divide ourselves. And that's true. It's the same message, you know, even when that's a lot bigger, you know, what, what, what's happening with politics, American politics, but it's the same thing. When people are angry, people are hating because we're breastfeeding, you can't respond to the anger. You need Mm -hmm. to respond to the fear that they're having that they're projecting on you. And that's like, oh, you know, so women, so good. women are not, we're not, you know, women are so strong. We are so strong to have kids, to raise them. We can do it. We just need to be in a positive environment and we need to kill out the negativity. And sometimes it's partners. Unfortunate, you know, it can be a bad Girl, partner. It can... I get you. I'm there right now. I am there. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all here to support each other. And we're all going to be creating positive, positive meanings and moments. And this is through our children. And this is what it, this is what it is. And yes, there will be some children that will be more privileged and there'll be some children that won't be. And then maybe it has to do with breastfeeding. Some kids get eczema, some kids get asthma, obesity. There are so many risk factors that are increased when you aren't breastfeeding as uh, as much as you would like or what it's a okay. mixed feeding is fine but you know there is a lot of research I was talking to you about this about another topic but there is fundamental evidence and proof that breastfeeding is better for the health of the child the health of the mother long-term benefits even osteoporosis you know because mm. like sometimes I feel like they're sucking the life out of me my kids I still breastfeed my three-year-old sometimes and I feel it in my bones but actually I am protecting myself for a long-term risk of developing osteoporosis because once the body auto regulates yourself when you breastfeed so it learns it, it's giving calcium obviously but then it's also learning how to preserve the calcium you already have so oh. that is, yeah, it protects you. There are so many things that protects you, it protects you from osteoporosis, protects you from cancer, a lot of cancers, a lot of like, there are so many benefits to breastfeeding. I mean, I didn't it's know that. natural. Very interesting. I know Fed is best. Like one of our, our partners here on the Star Parent podcast is Megan Bradley, and she's a postpartum doula. And she always says, Lorraine, Fed is best. Fed is best. Fed is best. But yes, you're right. It's a natural thing for mothers to give milk to their babies. And it's the natural thing to do. And most, most of the time, natural is best, right? But fed, ultimately, some people, like I had a friend of mine, she got gastro right after having a baby. And she couldn't breastfeed. Like she was so, so sick. Yeah. So they had, to, they had to formula feed. And baby, he's like five now, you know, and he's happy, healthy, and, you know, everything's yeah. great. My my first son was mainly formula fed, and he's he's awesome. So I mean, it's yeah, fed is best. Yeah, it, it, that's that's the thing too. Is like also I have a I have friends that don't. Many of my friends don't breastfeed, and you know I sound like I'm like an advocate or a radical, but I'm like I tell my friends you don't need to breastfeed if you don't want to. Like it's really your choice, and people put pressure on them. Like it has destroyed some of people's relationships, but you. You're, it's really, it's good. Breastfeeding is great. 
but it's not the only option. That's why formula is created. Formula is created for people who don't want to, and it's their choice. Yeah. And like the same way where we're telling women we can't breastfeed in public places, you can't tell a woman you have to breastfeed. And that's yeah. the other extreme because that's what some people are also doing. And it's not making women breastfeed more. It's actually turning them off to the whole issue. That's Absolutely. what's happening. You're right. You're right. And I'll even... People always say, what can I do? How can I help? I can't breastfeed. I'm not a woman. I don't plan to have children. What can I do to make the make things easier for women who choose to breastfeed in public? And it's just making the environment comfortable, like not staring, uh, offering a seat if needed, or, you know, just creating the space for a parent to feel comfortable nourishing your child in a public space and also the fact that they're being vulnerable in that space so being compassionate this is how we create world peace hello go deeper with myself and just be completely authentic i know in the beginning when i started breastfeeding there was a pride about me i had this big pride in the fact that i was breastfeeding and i was prideful in the sense of I look I'm I'm breastfeeding my child it's the best thing you know like uh, not that I'm better than but I'm doing the best you know what I mean like there was this good. yeah I felt confidence. good but confidence but it was almost a confident arrogance too towards just mothers in general you know there was this phase that I went through because I was so proud of myself for breastfeeding and being you know pumping and I was up every two hours and I was like being you know uh regimented about it and I felt a sense of pride about that and I wanted to I was feeling good just because of that and I know it has a lot to do with my own personality but that's something that I wanted to bring up (laughs) it's okay I, I can tell you that that's normal and that is unfortunately a lot of things that people do it sounds like it's a little bit of your ego but actually that's yeah. one thing I didn't like working in the CLSC is that I found the nurses not all of them but a good portion of them to be very unauthentic because they would do these things like not being not just not being true so they're like oh you're doing such a great job like oh this is so great you're breastfeeding blah 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 it's like this is something like you don't know the person you don't know who they are but you're just like giving all these compliments telling what amazing job they're doing it's kind of like those and I'm a nurse I can say this it's kind of like those annoying nurses and doctors that when you're giving birth and they're like just talking to you and just like you don't want to talk to anyone they are you are not my friend I gave birth with a midwife both times I did not want to deal with that and I work in the hospital because I know I know them I don't want to deal with that but those are like unauthentic people but yeah it's like they're just like trying to like make you feel good for the moment and then they just ditch you and it's not helping you because you're then you have this false pride this ego but we nurses do it too doctors and nurses do the same stuff we make people feel really good about themselves but it's not real it's like yeah you're breastfeeding but you're doing it because you want to not because I'm telling you it's a great thing and I find the nurses I don't get along with them to be quite honest they I Mm. found them really arrogant and kind of like like really judgmental Mm. and actually yeah a lot of people told me that they were like we don't like it but we like you because you seem normal because I'm I was actually still breastfeeding I was pregnant you know I was I was still like relatively I understood what a woman was going through but yeah there's a lot of fakeness in the 
in within the in the traditional medicine like a doula is better a lactation consultant i'm kind of like eh because like they're like it's it's good but it's like eh. a doula is the best i think yeah i think a doula too me too me too i'm all for for doulas i didn't have one but uh, the nurse actually that i had in my uh, delivery room with me she was a, a doula before becoming a nurse so I was so thankful that's cool yeah, that's cool. yeah she knew all the pressure points and all that stuff so it was super, yeah this is I got yeah. that too I got that too which was hard because with them uh both I never had an epidural so I had no real pain control but one of them gave me a massage once you can, but women are a lot stronger than what we give credit for that's the thing I don't like about breastfeeding giving birth is that we make women feel scared we make women feel ashamed yeah and, and we, all these we make them go to the epidurals and the not, not necessarily the epidurals but also the the induced labor you know what's yeah, fear like because I had my my son late like I had my I'm 46 years old now um mm-hmm. so I was considered a golden mama geriatric called it. yeah exactly yeah, they call it geriatric, and they told yeah. me from the beginning that I would have to be induced and I thought why are they telling me this they don't no. And I yeah. said, there is no way I am going to be induced. I know my body, this baby's going to come when he comes. And sure enough, he was early, thank God, because he was seven pounds at delivery and he was guesstimated to be about nine pounds. So I was so glad that he came early, but I was so worried because they told me that by 40 to 40 weeks, if I hadn't had baby yet they were going to induce me no and i'm like yo this is my body They're, you're not this is not happening they get they had this appointment scheduled i was like i'm not yeah. showing up for this appointment so it's so scary yeah. because a lot of women just think they have to yeah they i have do to try to make they do it i'll tell you why they do it because women are people pleasers and we want to make people happy and we want to make doctors happy because they are taking care of us and maybe they'll give us something special. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a false narrative and it's really bad because then women don't trust their guts. They don't trust their guts about, I don't like some women don't want an epidural, but they get, they get pressured into it. And then the epidural doesn't go away. Right. So many women, so many women don't get adequate pain relief because the epidural is not installed properly mm. and i can tell you this is that they all not always but a good portion of people who receive epidurals related to c-section or just regular birth it's the women are the perfect candidates for a new anesthesiologist to practice on because they're young they generally have a small back and they are perfect because they're healthy. So this is like always the new ones will practice on on them. And, you know, and mm. I just, it bothers me as, as a nurse. It bothers me as a mother. It bothers just like, you know, I've seen people be completely frozen on one side and feel like excruciating pain on the other. And that's mentally, that's mentally really hard is that you're numb, which is already kind of scared. Some people get shocked at the fact that they can't feel their legs. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that you feel the pain, but you can't move, which is even worse. It's, uh, you know, I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we saying that you need to have an epidural? It's already painful. You know, why? And, well, and I don't think you women... need, like, when I was in the hospital, they didn't say you needed to have one. I think the option, the option is there, you know? The option and, is yeah. there and it's good, but also how you give birth in the position it's yeah. not the adequate it's not the it's, it's a position the that's down. easier for the doctor it's yeah. easier for the doctor it's not easier for you i've never yeah. given birth in that position yeah and this is a, it's it's this position you have sex in for the man yeah. for missionary yeah. or whatever you know what i mean it is yeah. it's not a coincidence yeah. is what i'm trying to say it's not a coincidence that that's the position 
there's so many things we just don't know as a collective and we just need to be exposed to. And like, it's stories like this that get people, you know, tapped into what's, what's going on out there, you know? So I really, really appreciate you being here today, Isla, to share your story and also share this valuable information about women in power and women developing their own confidence and learn and trusting your body and sticking up for yourself and reaching out to the press if needed. I mean, that's amazing how CTV got back to you so quickly. And actually, just recently, I saw another news report, a woman who removed her IUD herself. This Uh, was on the news. But this is no, but this is still important because the point of why she she wasn't mental the point of this is that the doctor did not want to for whatever reason whatever reason the doctor made a judgment call and I'm like you can't take the right out of the person because you're making a judgment call and so now the doctor looks like an idiot probably won't lose his job like the manager but he will at least still be a little bit shamed and saying that you aren't you're not God you are not you don't have power over me and this is we need really need to change the dialogue that people have with women that are within their reproductive rights in any friend sense, whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's a birth control, giving birth, like women have so much power that we don't really acknowledge. Cause I feel that people are scared. People are scared of how much power we have. And that's why it's more of a patriarch rather than a matriarch society, because we don't, men could not be able to do half of the things women do. In general, people need each other. We all need connection. I think children need villages. And I, I, I think that's yeah. what we naturally do as women is we, we gravitate together collectively to help each other yeah. out. And, and I think men are a big part of that too. Like I, as much as uh, my ex has hurt our whole family and friends, you know, there's so much, there's still so much love as a collective unit because we are a family. And yes. we're, we're building this child together. And if we see our world this way, we're building our children together in this family world. We can be more understanding and forgiving and empathetic towards people who are just don't know, don't yeah, know any better, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you have to follow these role models. Like I talked a lot about Obama, but I really liked Obama. I wanted to come to America because it was Obama. Obama represents something as change, you know, first black president. He represents yeah. hope. He, he represents, did it. He, there's a lot of things that exactly. he represents just in his image. And, yeah. um, the same thing with with Trump. He represents history, oppression. You know, yeah. Uh, so many different. I was going to say something that was not nice, but so many different things that defines America historically. So yeah, I hear what you're saying, but physically they just represent yeah, totally separate different things. You know. Oh, but yeah, I'm really thankful for this conversation. It's it's opened up so many different platforms. In fact, I'm. I'm, I didn't know that you were a registered nurse. I would love to have yeah. you back. We, but um, I, I think you're, you're I, I would like to say that I, I, I congratulate you. I'm very grateful for you to um, do all this because it sounds like you're creating a positive, um, you're trying to create meaning with, in, in something that people kind of devalued for so many years. Oh, I mean, it's, you said that so well. In fact, I just want to reiterate to our listeners, like one of the reasons why I started this podcast was, because I was home with a baby and in a very, very abusive relationship. And I needed to do something creative to keep my light shining. And this podcast literally has helped me get through some of the toughest times in my adult life. So yeah, I definitely feel 
like this is something that I want to grow and I would love for you to come back to share. Yeah. And and that, that other question that you had about environment and technology. Oh yeah. If you ever want me to ask that answer that question, but because it is very complicated, but I'm very much also into climate change. I'm a, I'm part of two committees, one in Canada, one in the US. And it's it is something that you know you need to edu- be educated on about your children because it's very serious. This is something we don't see the effects because it's not visible, but it it is very serious if you want to protect your children. Yes, their health, absolutely. The so, five minute conversation that we had before about that I, got me so intrigued, and I definitely think we need to allot a different time and space just yeah, for that. This is something what you're yeah. sharing is impactful. Yes, if you want, I can try and find even the PowerPoints on that because okay. that was, yeah, I'll try yes. to see if I can find it. This is yes, like, really, I will. this is academic. Yeah, yep. I will follow up with that for you. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Isla, um, for, for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. And I always ask our listeners, you know, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because whatever it is, just seek it, ask for it, and do whatever it takes to make you shine because you will. Thank you again. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Isla. Okay, bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, the Star Parent Podcast. We post daily and welcome feedback. And if you would like to send us an email, you can reach us at thestarparentpodcast at gmail.com.